two bigger words. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's the biggest word. Everyone and welcome on into the unabated uh, special edition FIFA World Cup podcast. Here, joining me once again today, he's trying to redeem himself. <laughs> Our picks did not go so well for the last uh, for the last couple of rounds here, but we are into the final. It is Better Collective sports betting analyst Nick Henyon joining me again today. Nick, thank you so much for the time. Let's get right into it here because it is the FIFA World Cup final. We've also got the third place match to talk about, though. So let's set the table. This is the appetizer, the uh, first course before <laughs> we get into the main meal of the final. We have Croatia versus Morocco, the teams that we all wish were in the final here. Uh, last year's Cinderella <laughs> story in uh, last tournament Cinderella story in Croatia going up against this tournament in Morocco here. And the line right now for the match, three-way on Pinnacle, you got plus 136 for Croatia. No surprise there. $2.17 on Morocco and the draw plus 247. Of course, this game will go to extra time should it get there, even though it is just for third place in the group or in the tournament. Croatia minus 136 to claim that third place spot. Plus 126 on Morocco to do the same here. Um, and honestly, the number one thing that I could take away from those games is the Cinderella runs ended. Those teams were tired. They did not use a whole bunch of their players in the World Cup. And the reality is that your depth, your depth matters. And the teams with the better depth made it out of the rounds because they were fresher. They had more players ready to go. And the dead legs really looked like they were taking a toll on both of these teams out here. How do you see this third place match going? I feel like I must be missing something. And first of all, thank you for having me back, Thomas. Let's hope we can finish a little better than we started with these two games here. But I, I, when, th when this line came out, I was stunned. And I'm not taking a side, but I kind of love under two and a half goals in this game. Because look, it's so rare that you get a third place game or a final with two teams that have already played in the tournament, betters will remember these two teams faced off in match day one of group F. They were the two teams to make it out of that group. And now they're playing again. And, you know, historically, these third place games have been very open Four of the last five have gone over two and a half goals. But the most recent one that was England and Belgium under two and a half goals. So I think we might be on to a new trend here where these third place games are a little more low scoring. And, you know, I can't believe I was able to get under two and a half goals at even money. That is crazy to me. When these two teams played on match day one, it was a two goal total juice to the over, obviously. Now you're telling me after all we've seen, these teams are a half goal better offensively. No way. I am all in on under two and a half goals here. If you look at these two teams as combined 12 matches, a quarter have surpassed over two and a half goals. These offenses look completely lifeless, but I also think it's a good chance to kind of sell high, maybe buy low, excuse me, on this Croatia defense, which is really been you know fleeced by brazil and argentina in their last two matches according to the underlying metrics but we know morocco is not on that level otherwise they would be in the final but i also don't expect morocco to just completely abandon their defensive principles because they held croatia to only 0.5 expected goals in the first game 0.8 combined i can't believe you're getting such a 
good number on this. I think the only thing that would lean over is historical precedent. I love under two and a half goals, but it's a minus 140 for me. I mean, it's been profitable so far, this tournament betting on the unders here. And while I do think this game won't be as nervy as match day one, where both teams are kind of going out there going, okay, we're in the World Cup here. Let's not mess up. Let's uh, let's play this out and just try to do what we can. This game could be a little more open because, like you said, the third place game, it doesn't matter nearly as much. I, I think the only thing that's drawing me some concern is do we see a lot of squad rotation? Both of these teams, like I said, they didn't play a ton of guys. I think Croatia's only played 15 guys this World Cup. Yeah. That that's that's incredible. Do you think we see major squad rotation here and some of these guys who haven't gotten their shot to play kind of get it in this game? Because I was actually reading an article in The Athletic yesterday about all of the uh, all of the players, the 300 and something over the last four World Cups that never set foot on the field despite being there for the tournament and what that mindset is like. And I- I'm curious to see if both of these teams kind of give those guys a chance to be a part of this and be a part of what was two incredible World Cup runs here, especially for Morocco. I think we could see some squad rotation. I do agree with that. I think Morocco naturally is going to have squad rotation because Romain Saiz and Aguirre, their other center half, I don't think they're going to play. They're dealing with some injuries. I don't think they want to risk further, you know, like really exploiting their injuries any more than they have to. So I do think we see some squad rotation, but let's not forget, it's still the best players from this entire country. And I think... For Morocco, you kind of do say, like, if you have a Belgium-England third-place game, like, they're not caring about it. But this is, like, Morocco's Super Bowl. I mean, they have every reason to go out there and give it their best effort, and I still think their defense should be applauded. I mean, this is a team that held France, which I have rated as the best attack of the four remaining teams in the semifinals only 1.02 expected goals on target. They're not just going to all of a sudden abandon that. So I think, but at the same time, like Croatia, they've created more than one expected goal only twice this tournament. And so I just think, you know, 1-1, even like 1-0 Morocco at the end of 90 minutes is a realistic scoreline here. So it's just, at the end of the day, I can't foresee these teams combining for three or more goals if they do it's going to get to like six or seven and it's not going to matter but i think under two and a half goals at even money is a is, is, is patently crazy yeah I, I think looking at these two teams and their play styles how they like to play regardless this is not going to be a high scoring affair here i'm with you and neither like team said, wants to play with the ball too yeah that's the other thing the Morocco literally wants to give away possession. They they, they yeah. want to have under 30% possession for the game because they just want to burn you on the counterattacks. And that you know that they're not going to change from this philosophy. They're not all of a sudden going to be going out and trying to joga Benito this, this game here. So I'm with you there. And I'm also with you on the effort front. I think that Morocco might be worth a price. And I hate handicapping on human emotion. And I'm not advocating yeah. to do it here. But they will absolutely come out and at the very because this is kind of like one of those bowl games you know uh dealing with bowl games in college football who are the guys that really care right now in this one because it's a consolation game and i think that you can give morocco that edge there exactly i completely agree (laughs) well now let's move on to the main course though it is time we have waited one long month and four long years 
for this moment here to see who is going to be the next world champion of soccer. In one corner, we have the reigning champs trying to pull off something that has not been done since Brazil in the 80s, the 90s. I'm forgetting. It's been a long time. It was it was I think the 90s. Yeah. But the point being, be a repeat champion in the World Cup is so incredibly rare. We do not see something like this every day. In fact, it's more common that we see a World Cup champion go out in the group stage in the next World Cup than we do see a repeat. But here is France trying to make that happen. Kareem Benzema might return to the fold for this game here. So many interesting storylines. It is also the potential for the passing of the torch here. Kylian Mbappe looking to be a back-to-back World Cup champion. And he's going up against the possibly the best to ever do it on the other side here. Argentina, they've had that team of destiny feel to them, much like how France has. But Argentina, no question, the big storyline going in. Leo Messi, can he finally get that one trophy that has eluded his resume for his entire career as one of the best of all time? He now sits with one probably final chance at World Cup glory. He, of course, was part of that Argentine team that fell to Germany uh, two World Cups ago and now coming out one more chance. Can they get it done? The book has this one at just and literally dead even this is the most yeah. even matchup i think i've seen ever in a world cup pinnacle has 184 each way on the three-way betting on argentina and france and the draw plus 209 i, I do struggle to see this game not going to extra time yeah it's it's such an interesting matchup because and it's really difficult for me personally because Tom, you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, we don't really bet into narratives. If you're a narrative better, this is your oh, like, yeah. <laughs> pinnacle. Because with Argentina, and credit to Athletic for pointing this out before the tournament, but they did a study of World Cup form entering the tournament. And going back and looking at the teams that won the final, like, was there anything we could learn about the teams that won in the five preceding matches before the tournament? And what they found was that, you know, every team entered the tournament unbeaten in five matches. And if you look at Argentina, and three teams fit that bill this year in terms of picking a winner. You had Brazil, you had the Netherlands, and you had Argentina. And look at their, look where they are. They have arrived at this point. I don't need to tell everyone, repeat the stat, before their loss to Saudi Arabia, 36 unbeaten. That is nothing to sneeze at. On As the I literally side, France is one of the historically, not just in the last, like, not just this century, ever. France is one of the worst teams to make the final based on their preceding form. If you, and it, 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 we can debate another day whether Nations League actually matters, but. In their five Nations League matches before the tournament, they had one win, and it came against Austria, a team that isn't even in the tournament. In the four other matches, they played two against Denmark and two against Croatia. They were 0-2-2, win-loss draw. That's horrible. So the fact they're even in the final, let alone have a chance to win it, is a massive accomplishment. And you factor now, in and you factor in the injuries that went into this France team. Like one yeah, of the reasons exactly. I was fading them going into this tournament, no N'Golo Conte, who is the glue in this midfield. They yep. lost Benzema, which again, 
I actually kind of, re- I, I like Giroux up top better than I like Benzema up top. And I'm really curious to see what's going to happen here in the final now as, as Benzema might return. Now, so th- there's that hand. And if you want to bet into that narrative, I can't fault you for it. But if you look at this tournament, I cannot make a case for Argentina. I'm sorry. I can't. France is slightly better according to underlying metrics. They're about 0.1 XGOT per 90 better than Argentina. And they've faced a more difficult schedule. So when you adjust for strength of schedule, France is a rightful favorite, in my opinion. And, you know, they have played two teams. Even if you just look at the quarters and semis, on the aggregate, I have England and Morocco power rated ahead of Netherlands and Croatia. I know that sounds crazy to say, given that two, like Argentina faced two UEFA teams, but they're two pretty mediocre UEFA teams, let's be honest. And Argentina has had such penalty luck this tournament. <laughs> I just can't believe they've made it this far. Like, it's really kind of crazy. And... I think this French attack is by far the best team they're going to face all tournament. And I went back last night and watched that 2018 meeting between these sides in the round of 16, a 4-3 France victory, by the way. And they had no answer for Kylian Mbappe. They just didn't know how to defend him. That was kind of his coming out party too. Exactly. And you had Nico Tagliafico play left back in that match. And... You know, Marcus Acuna is no, you know, young stalwart. So do they send Tagliafico out again? I think you might see Didier Deschamps flip his strategy, put Usman Dembele on the left, Kylian Mbappe on the right, and just say, go have a field day. And I worry that, I, I think you're right. I think this game is going to extra time. So I can't pick a side in this game. I really can't. Like, I know that's a really, like, a big letdown answer, but... France has been the better team based on underlying metrics and they faced the more difficult schedule, but I just can't, there's a voice in the back of my head being like, but Nick, they were one, two and two in five matches before the tournament. So I can't bet on them. I can't bet on Argentina because of their tournament form and they're too reliant on penalties to have made it this far. And I know this is kind of, this might be oversimplifying a little bit, but we do have some common opponents between these two teams. And it worries me that France was able to do so much more against Australia than Argentina was. And that's a little bit of an oversimplification, but I just worry that Argentina has yet to face a counterattacking team that can break down their possession and their low blocks. And I just worry about it so much. So it's a lean to Argentina for me. I'm going to see where the money goes, but I worry Argentina is going to be the public side in this game, and I don't want to be aligned with the public on a World Cup final. I mean, you you certainly have made the case to me to go France. I have an Argentina futures ticket at plus 550 that's kind of – it was my insurance ticket on all of my other <laughs> futures that obviously have not come through for me, but – uh, I'm I'm hoping they win. I don't know if I want to double down on them or bet this game to go to extra time or take a look at one of those other markets uh, as far as just to lift the trophy for France. I think that that would be uh, an interesting way to look at it. But you know what I'm most worried about here? My biggest uh, my biggest bet that I'm hoping does not come through. 
the golden boot race, Nick. Oh, yeah. We have a very interesting storyline in this race. The two guys tied with five goals apiece are Leo Messi and Kylian Mbappe. And you just have that feeling that one of them is going to be breaking that tie here. Messi has the advantage (laughs) with a third assist right now. But, oh, man, this is going to be an interesting final. And there's another layer on it for me because before the World Cup started, I wrote a, a, a piece here for Unabated, basically your intro to betting the World Cup, you know, your basics of three-way betting, um, all the things that are maybe a little bit different about betting soccer. And I included just one quote-unquote pick or play or <laughs> tip about uh, what to bet. And it was don't bet Messi to win the golden boot because it's like Tiger betting Tiger Woods at peak Tiger. You're not getting a great price yeah. on it. His penalty kick taking is a little bit questionable. Like there, I, I just I just put it out there in a full paragraph, and I'm just going to get absolutely old takes exposed when it happens. Well, it's, the interesting thing here is, and, and don't quote me on the tiebreakers, but I believe, and I should say there are bets I'm making in this game, and one of them I wrote it up for. Um, boston.com today was killian mbappe anytime goal or assist that's at plus 125 really so shop around for that because i think look it's a gut instinct play and after watching the tape last night it was really something where i was like oh man they're not going to be able to defend him but i believe mbappe is only one assist behind messi if your ties on goals and tied on assists i believe the third tiebreaker is non-penalty goals and Messi has basically scored all of his goals from penalties. So if Mbappe gets an assist, I don't know, Tom, like, or, or a goal, like, that would settle it either way for you. You might, you might end up being right. But so, yeah, I really do like killing Mbappe. Anytime goal or an assist, I'd bet it to about plus 110 because, you know, nil-nil, I hate to say it, but it is kind of a likely scoreline in this game. But the other thing I really like in this game is both teams to score yes. I really kind of made a murdering this tournament on betting BTTS yes when it's an underdog. And I think this is really like kind of a good spot to get involved with gold because, you know, like it's a little interesting to me. The the book I shop at BTTS yes was an underdog at minus 105, but over two goals was minus 125. That just seems a little fishy to me. Like, how can you expect that they're like, and again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. But how can those two prices be different? So I do really like that because Argentina, last 20 games, they scored at least one goal at 18 times. So you're basically like, and France, I mean, if you look at their match against England, they still allowed north of one non-penalty expected goal on target. And I think that's the closest comp to this Argentina attack. But again, as I said earlier, Argentina is only allowing 0.46 non-penalty XGOT in its six matches over this tournament, but this is the best attack they're going to face. And I think that France is going to get involved. So both teams to score yes is the one bet I've already made in pocket at minus 105. I'd bet it at up to minus 110, but I, I think there's a case to be made for goals here. I, I think there is too. I mean, you normally see a final being a more cagey affair, but these are two teams that definitely specialize in the attack, and you've seen it, especially in their recent games. Defense is not going to be the strong suit here. Uh, yes, you have great goalkeeping play, mm-hmm. but that's only going to get you so far. It's not like hockey where you can ride a hot goalkeeper throughout the entire tournament. Exactly. And I think that there are two other markets 
and I'll say this before before I get to this one, Margaret. This game is ripe for live betting. This is oh, yeah. a really bunch of good because I can't remember a match in the last two or three years where who scores the first goal and what time the goal comes is as important as this game. Because if you look at Argentina, if they get the first goal, they're going to put 10 men behind the ball and just say, okay, France, beat us. But if France gets the first goal, as we saw against Morocco, they were just, they should have put four in the net in that game. I'm shocked they didn't because it was a chance after chance after chance because they could just sit back and do what they want. They don't, they didn't have to play with the ball and they could beat you on the counter. So if Argentina goes down, this game could get out of hand in a hurry. Like you could really, like even if France scores, let's say the 25th minute, it could really be like another, I'm not saying seven goals again, but you could really see maybe four or five goals here. But if Argentina goes ahead, I think it's a dead under. Like you could, you could almost make the case for a live under. Um, but that said, there, there is one market and it's just like a pizza money play that stood out to me. But Argentina to win from behind is 10 to one. And that sort of ties into that. What I was just saying, like if France goes ahead, I think it, it, whatever your beliefs are, I only think Argentina can win at the end of 90 minutes here. And I think oddsmakers are telling you they expect France to score first. When I last looked, it was France minus 105. No goal was about 11 to 1. Argentina plus 105. So they are telling you they expect France to score first. And if France does that, Argentina is absolutely capable of coming back and winning. So it's a price play for me. Only sprinkle a few bucks on it. But 10 to 1 on Argentina to concede first and win after 90 minutes is a pretty good bet, in my opinion. I'm pretty, I, I'm honestly excited to take the in game because I think that if we do get a first half goal, I, I'm, I'm very inclined to take the better price on the, uh, on the opposition, whoever it is that gets the first goal. Yeah, exactly. All right, Nick, you have to give it to me now, though. <laughs> Who is hoisting the World Cup at the end of Sunday? <laughs> I'm abandoning all my betting principles here because history says Argentina. And I can't defy a hundred years of tournament history. I mean, France would be the worst informed. They've just figured it out, apparently. And it wasn't like those Nations League matches. They were putting out their C team. Kylian Mbappe, Antoine Griezmann played in every game. So it's not like, I, I don't know how they've just figured it out. I'm not betting it, but... I think Argentina wins the uh, wins the tournament on Sunday. I, I have a hard time seeing Messi not ride off into the sunset with a World Cup, yes. ho- hoisting a World Cup. But I, I agree. I think France might be the better team here. And I think the value, uh, given that this game is, again, dead even, which is just incredible to see and perfect. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to see a great match. That price is minus 10,000. But <laughs> I, I think that if you're betting this one here, you have to go France. But honestly, I would not be surprised if we get extra time in this one. I'll I'll take a price on that draw plus two oh nine. I like it. I you know me, Thomas. I never bet a draw money line because I think it's a fool's errand. But I'm tempted here. I'm cl- I'm close to maybe putting a few bucks on that draw money line. The interesting wrinkle for me is I already have an Argentina to lift the trophy bet right now, so mm-hmm. I could bet the draw and win both bets. And I think Correct. that might be the only way that I could approach taking a side in this game. 
I think I think you're right. If you force me to pick a money line, I would take the draw money line. But I'll say this: do shop around for Asian lines. If Argentina gets to, you know, plus a quarter goal at minus one fifty five or better, I'll be in on Argentina. I like the idea behind that. Uh, I think that that's a good price there. And all right, Nick. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited for Sunday. It is going to be great. But right now, where can people find you and all the great work you're doing around the internet? The easiest place to find me is on Twitter. I'm at Nick Henyon over there. Or you can find me in the Chicago Tribune and Boston.com's betting sections. That's where all my analysis for the World Cup final will be. It's dropping tomorrow morning. All right. Best of luck, my friend. And guys, thank you so much for being with us here. Thank you to everyone listening. Don't forget to like this video. If you're a podcast viewer, please give us that five-star rating and review. If you are a YouTube listener, hit that like button. Don't forget to be subscribed to our channel. And everybody, best of luck on this World Cup. And one more time here, let's cash some tickets.